Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 140 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Father, uh, thank you for this time that we can get together and do the podcast again in the midst of all of this stuff that we have going on in our personal lives that uh, makes it hard for us to get together to do this, uh, which will end soon. But we just pray, Father, that you would guide us as we speak in this podcast. Bless the people listening to it. I pray that you would keep us focused on the subject matter you would have us focused on. And guide us through your Holy Spirit. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well. What's up, Brian? Not much. That was a big well. What is that big well? With the exclamation mark? Well. (laughs) Well. Um, well, you know, Joe Biden's the greatest president ever. The government would never lie to you. Oh, my goodness. I always mean, have your best interest at heart. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, just. Uh, I mean, he's, I'll tell you what, he's better than Obama. <laughs> better than Obama. How about that? And the sarcasm is dripping heavy today. The sarcon- <laughs> sarcasm is strong in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Sniff- as he's, we don't have much, you don't have much hair for him to sniff, so I don't think he's coming around you. He might sniff your beard. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, the way he I just... Don't know why. I don't know. I would never sniff your beard. I'm <laughs> just saying... You know, brother? Yeah, woolly look at that. I bet you got... Collection yeah. goes on that, uh, you know. So how many birds you got rest roosted in that beard, brother? <laughs> I got a few babies in there. You got, a few, you got some nest in there? I, I a bet few you babies do. in there. Yeah. I'll tell you I what. find stuff a few days later I'm just I've been saying, looking for. Like, hey, those, where does that come from? Oh, yeah. Those Caribbean pirates would be envious, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Black, Blackbeard would be mad if he saw you. <laughs> I'm just trying to compete, brother. I'm just trying to compete. You're, you're, I think you're winning. I don't know. You're not allowed to win anymore. Nobody can win anymore. Everybody, everybody gets a trophy. So, anyway, that's true. Participation yeah. trophies. Yeah. So, um, we were just talking before the podcast about we, we had mentioned um, the docent group before mm-hmm. and the plagiarism yes. and the pastors having others write their sermons for them and them being lazy and not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they're pushing the critical race theory and all of that. And you just gave me something just before the podcast. And we could mention that. And like you mentioned, our last episode had to do with um, 
uh, plagiarism, right? And we mm-hmm. named some names that have been on the limelight due to uh, some plagiarism accusations. And then you came out with information about the Dawson group, like you just mentioned. But it seems, brother, anytime there's a scandal of that magnitude, you know, they always are trying to sway your attention away from that, right? Mm-hmm. In a way that they want to throw you a curveball or something. So, you know, one of the... Uh, one of the gentlemen that likes to talk about, you know, uh, critical race theory and uh, black, lives, black Lives Matter and does not believe in white privilege, mm-hmm. you know, came out with a book. And that book is titled Fault Lines. And we're talking about that man, Vody Bakken. So, due to his... Coming out writing this book that is, by the way, I, I started reading this book. It's amazing, uh, just the way it's written. And what? What is it? Recent? Uh, recently, yeah. This he just released it. What a month a half, a month ago, a month and a half ago, two Fault, months ago. Fault lines. Is the name Fault of the lines book. is the name of the book. Correct. Okay. F A U L T. T F A U L T. Line. Uh, and then line. Is it one yeah, word? Fault line. Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. And. Um, yeah, he goes into detail as far as uh, critical race theory, you know, and uh, where the concept, he, he defines the terms, goes into history of how, you know, uh, that came about. And obviously there's a lot of people that did not like it, brother. One, because he's black. Mm-hmm. You know, how dare he be in a black man, right? Against these things, right? So committing uh, sacrilege against their religion. You're right, right. So, you know, some people took it upon themselves and brought up accusations against Dr. Bodie Bauckham uh, of plagiarism and misquoting. How about that, huh? And uh, so I'm going to read a little bit here. Uh, it's an article by uh, Protestia, formerly Pulpit and Pen. And it says, Bodie responds to accusations of plagiarism slash misquoting and I quote, I regret doing that. And it says here, Joel McDormand, who had the theonomy knocked out of him by Jordan Hall after they debated the issue a few years ago, recently accused Vody Bauckham of plagiarism and falsely attributing quotes in his Fault Lines book. So it's Fault Lines, Lines in plural. Okay. Much of the consternation revolves around Bauckham's use of quotations paraphrases and summaries of beliefs and ideologies from critical race theory founder Richard Delgado. In particular, is the included section with McDermott claiming that the Bauckham misquoted, that Bauckham misquoted Delgado in all the red sections, declaring that those red portions are not Delgado quotes, but rather are completely made up whole cloth. And I'll read you a little bit of what that page says, where he actually highlighted these quotes, and he says it's not Delgado's quote. Uh, In the book, it says, racism is normal. The usual way society does business, the common, everyday experience of most people of color in this country, convergence theory, quoting, racism advances the interest of both white Elites materially and working class whites psychically, psychically, large segments of society have little incentive to eradicate it. 
This is the quote from Delgado that Oribacum put in his books. It says here, This means whites are incapable of righteous actions on race and only undo racism when it benefits them, when their interests converge with the interests of people of color. Anti-liberalism, CRT, questions the very foundations of the liberal order, including equality, theory, legal reasoning, enlightenment, rationalism, and neutral principles of constitutional law. Knowledge is socially constructed. Another quote here, storytelling, narrative, reading is the way black people forward knowledge versus the science-slash-reason method of white people. Minority status, in other words, brings with it a presumed competence to speak about race and racism. The legal storytelling movement urges black and brown writers to recount their experiences with racism and the legal system and to apply their own unique perspectives to assess laws, masters, narratives. And there's a quoting of it here. It says, Richard Delgado, Critical Race Theory, 3rd Edition, New York Times, uh, University Press, Kindle Edition. So that's where, and it's only one page, brother. And as you can see, the red section, I mean, does it seem like a whole lot? It's no. one quote there and one right here. Right? No, it's not much there, no. Uh, so continue reading here on this article. It says, speaking on the August 5th, 2020 edition of Founders Sword and Trial podcast below, Tom Askell and Jared Long- Longshore listened and chimed in as Bodhi explains that the block quote was not intended or designed to be direct quotations that might be falsely attributed, saying, and I quote here, it's not a direct quote, even from the first words, you know? I'm giving an outline. I'm using Delgado's outline as an outline that I'm giving to the reader. And it was not meant to be presented that way, as direct quote, to be understood that way, or to be read that way, he notes. That's part of the front matter of the book. The idea was when people get into the book, we immediately start off with some assumptions. So the editor said, what if we put something before that? Or what if we extended the introduction? And I had the bright idea of doing this thought line, you know, getting fancy with the spices. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give people a view from three, from 35,000 feet of what I'm going to be talking about, a view of the arguments that I'm going to be making, and a view of the ideologies that I'm going to be dealing with. That section of it, it is intended, it is blocked off, but it's not a block a block quote. That's obvious from the first words that it's not a block quote because I'm giving a heading. That's not Delgado's. I'm using Delgado's order and organization and structure, but I'm not directly quoting Delgado. That's pretty pretty good explanation. Oh, I, as, I, I think it's a good explanation. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean once I, I read it, I know, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. I've done the same kind of thing in my book. I've, I've in generalization, stated basically what they believe based upon their own writings, right, when I wrote my book. And, and thank you. And thank you for saying that, bro, because I was right. going to ask you, because you've written a book, too. So. Right, right. It's 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 common thing for authors to do. I mean, you you're trying to explain... An ideology, or you're trying uh-huh. to explain something that they believe, and but you want to explain it in a way to your audience to where they it will be clear, and it won't be misunderstood or misconstrued. 
So you word it differently to get that across to your audience, mm-hmm. but you're saying the same thing in a different way, but you're basically explaining what they're saying. You're not directly quoting them. You are attributing that foundational principle to them or that ideology or that concept to them because they're saying the same thing in their quote, but you're saying it in a way that your audience would receive it. And so that's all he's doing there. I've done the same thing in my book. It's a common thing that authors do. And I don't see a problem with it. And, but I'm going to tell you in a moment what's really going on. All right. I want to hear those thoughts. Let me continue here. Vody uh, also says, another thing that sort of indicates that it's not a block quote is that in the middle of, I think, that second paragraph, there's a footnote in the middle of the second paragraph. And there was. I saw when I read it. Which is something that you wouldn't do, you know, in a block quote. Right? So on the one hand, there are some structural and formatting issues there that are under, there are unfortunate and that are unclear. Vody explains that if given the chance, he would have formatted in a different way, but that to McDormand's primary charge, it was never meant to be taken as a direct quotation, despite McDermott's insistence on the contrary. The other accusation from McDermott is that Bauckham is misrepresenting Delgado on whether or not it's fair to ascribe the view to Delgado that racism is normal when Delgado only said that racism is ordinary. Like the previous response, Bauckham insists that he wasn't giving a direct quote or trying to pass it off as a quote, but rather the notion that racism is ordinary. In a summary of the framework of Delgado's belief, for example, Delgado, Delgado doesn't have to specifically say the words in order to surmise that is what he believes based on everything else he has written, including saying racism is normal in other writings. Um, and then there's a little note here that says, editor's sigh, Valde is right, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, they're, they're splitting hairs. Yeah. They're, they're straining at that and swallowing a camel. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. They discuss the charts that Valde plagiarized some words from James Lindsay. McDermott insists that it happened where Bauckham retorts, I quote Lindsay several times, not only in the book, but also in this sort of thought line. Why am I going to cite Lindsay and then not cite Lindsay in other places? I have no qualms about the fact that I've worked with Lindsay. I have no qualms about the fact that, you know, James and I became friends. James and I had many discussions about these issues. What am I hiding from? I'm waiting. Why am I hiding? And later on, uh, this gentleman, James Lindsay, came out and said, Vote uh, has permission to... To, Say whatever to do whatever, say. yeah, right. yeah. He right. didn't even put up any. Uh, so it says critically, McDermott likewise takes Bodie to task for a message he delivered back in January 2021, mm-hmm. where Bauckham claimed that Delgado said that white folk are incapable of righteous actions, when in fact Delgado never said that. Bodie said the following in context: This means whites are incapable of righteous actions on race and only undo racism when it benefits them. When their interests converge with the interests of people of color. And yes, he, Delgado, used the word righteous. White people are incapable of righteous actions on race. Everything is racist. Again, not me. This is critical race theory. Voters' response is simple. Yep, 
He made a mistake and got it wrong. He says he's been talking about CRT and Delgado so much that he that he must have merged both the quote from Delgado and his commentary on Delgado and then presented it all as one piece in his public message. This is not malicious, but rather a simple error, one that Bauckham freely and humbly admits to. And the second issue is the attribution of that statement to Delgado. Let me just say that that is not Delgado's statement. I've been talking about this a ton, right? I've been talking about this all over the place. And unfortunately, what I have done is I have read the statement in the way it is in the book without making a clear distinction between where that footnote is and where I'm making a clarification. And I've done that. I don't know how many times I've done that, but I've done that. And man, I regret doing that because one, as you see in the book, I put the footnote there and in a given explanation, right? And I mean, it's clear. That's what I'm doing. Let's set aside the fact that it's in the block. We've already dealt with that. It would have been much clearer if it wasn't in the block. And not only does that lack of clarity show up in terms of what people are reading, but it's also showed up in terms of me reading that same thing. I've read that. I've read that. That's my comment on interest convergence. And then Tom Askell, which is one of the... Uh, that was doing a podcast with right. Bodic was making a response, says that's a mistake. And when you read it as if that was, that's just a mistake. Bodhi said, yes. Uh, and it continues here, makes sense to us and shows why, by and large, McDermott's nitpicky criticism ought to be taken with a, with a lot's wife full of salt. That's a lot of salt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, after reading that article, bro, I mean, you, you've written books. You just explain, you know, how you go about doing the same thing as Bodhi. Right, right. How should Christians take this? Do we take that little grain of salt? Or do you see a lot of that Lot's wife salt thrown at us or throwing at it? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, um, you know, the people who are criticizing Bodhi have done what's equivalent to robbing the bank uh, while accusing Vody of stealing a, a bubblegum wrapper, mm. which he did not do. Yeah. Uh, but they did rob the bank. Yeah. So they actually are guilty of the things that they're accusing Vody of. And can we go to Matthew 7, which says, Judge not lest you be judged. Lest, mm. and, and then the rest of the passage says you're... You, when you, you're doing the very things that you're accusing the other person of doing, take the beam out of your own eye before taking the speck out of the other person's eye. They're trying right. to pick out, take a speck out of Vody's eye when they have a redwood tree trunk in their eye. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, They are guilty of um, deceiving their congregations. They're guilty of not doing... What God told them to do as pastors and to do their own research, their own sermon prep, and give, deliver their own sermons. They're having people write sermons for them. They're not qualified. Mm-hmm. They're not believers. They're critical race theorists. They're, they're, yeah. they're, uh, <laughs> they're feminists and everything else. And, uh, and so really what's happening here is the old bait and switch, the red herring, 
Um, hey, look over there. Look what Vody's doing over there. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. While they're over here, you know, blowing the vault on the bank and taking out all the gold, mm-hmm. you know. But don't, no, pay no attention to what we're doing. Look over there what Vody's doing. That's what these people are doing. So mm-hmm. I would say yeah. just walk away from the Vody thing. Don't even bother with it. Don't try to defend Vody. He did a fine job defending himself. Go on the attack and continue to expose what those people are doing, what those pastors are doing. Because they don't want you doing that. So why yeah. did they attack Vody? Because he's, he's their go-to to attack, to mm-hmm. direct your attention somewhere else so you won't have your attention on them. Don't fall for it. Intensify your criticism of them. Intensify your focus on them. Because it's exactly what they don't want you to do. They want you to intensify focus on Vody. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. This is a deep state operative Alinsky uh, tactic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, rules for radicals, right? I saw that book in Arms and Nose the other day. I almost picked it up to read it. I picked a different one up instead to read. But um, I am going to pick that up and read it eventually. But rules for radicals, right? Uh, the whole concept is, uh, it's in, in one of those concepts, is that, uh, you know, you focus your attention somewhere else when you're trying to get away with what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that's all they're doing. Yeah. And, and look, folks, don't be among the masses that are so gullible and so easily deceived that you're just going to fall for it. Mm-hmm. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for their trickery. Don't fall for, for their magician tricks. Don't fall for all of their little uh, play the victim. Every time you know it doesn't go their way, well, all of a sudden they're a big victim. They're being persecuted. Oh, how, whoa, whoa, whoa was me. Don't fall for that garbage. Yeah. Call them out. Continue to call them out. They call you racist. You know, they call me racist, uh, bigoted, uh, homophobe. Uh, give me a list. I'll just look at them and say guilty as charged. Now, what is wrong with you? What's your problem? Yeah. Right. You, you have major issues, and I'm going to focus on that. Right? Yeah, right. I, I just, okay, call me whatever you want. I really don't care. Forget, forget whatever. You can call me the green man from Mars. I don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter to me. You can slam me in the media all you want. You can slam me in whatever. I could care less. You know why, deep state operatives? Because nobody believes you anymore. Only, your, only, only the useful idiots and your faithful followers believe you. Everybody else has got caught on to your game. And they're not playing your game anymore. CRT, we're not playing your game anymore. You can call us racist all you want because that's your go-to. That seems to have worked for you in the past. But you know what? It's not working anymore because the term doesn't mean anything anymore. It's been worn out and so diluted and so used in a widespread manner that people are going, uh, look, not everybody in the world is racist. This is stupid, right? So, you know, the whole thing about whites are incapable of righteousness. Yeah. 
I got news for you, folks. Everybody's incapable of right, unrighteousness. Of righteousness. Yeah. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have gone astray. There are no, none that seek after God. <clears throat> we drink iniquity like water. That's not just talking about white people, folks. That's talking about black people, red people, yellow people, green people, purple people. I don't care what kind of people. <laughs> talking about all of them. Okay? What are you going to do about those northern Africans that enslaved Europeans for a long period of time? Oh, don't know about that one? Do your research. How about the Africans that enslaved Africans and sold them off to slave ships? You see, this sin of slavery, or this evil of man-stealing, that's the type of slavery I'm talking about, not the indentured servanthood, I'm talking about the man-stealing, it crosses all races, all continents, all countries. Now, I'm going to shock you folks. Do you know when the highest volume of slavery occurred in the history of the world? It wasn't during the transatlantic slave trade. It's today. Hmm. There's more slavery on planet Earth today than there has ever been in the history of mankind. Right now. So what's this Juneteenth garbage? Pretending like slavery has ended. It hasn't. Human trafficking and sex, the sex trade is, is out of control. Okay? And it crosses all races, all, all levels of humanity, uh, people from CEOs to heads of governments to heads of world banks to royal family to Hollywood stars are all involved in this human trafficking and sex trade. And, it, and it, they're not all white. Hmm. So, can it with your CRT? We're not buying it. All right. Good stuff. And, <clears throat> folks, research. When you hear names, research them because it'll give you uh, an idea, especially you know, when someone like Vody Bakum is, you know, has written a book in regards to critical race theory. And so you can get a picture of what this whole fuss is all about that they're going after Bodhi. Richard Delgado is a gentleman that's been an American scholar, legal scholar who teaches civil rights uh, and it's considered one of the uh, founders of the critical race theory. He's also one that uh, he's notable for a scholarship on hate speech, which obviously promotes violence and acts of violence, right, in, in, um, in, civil, in the civil rights movement. So you get an idea of where these coming from. Now, you, do you know who uh, Joel McDermott is, brother? Yeah. Okay. And for those that don't know, Joel McDermott actually has gone from being a theonomist to pretty much a woke <laughs> within the last few years. Mm-hmm. He was part of Gary, uh, part of uh, Gary Demar's um, American Vision. Right. Two years ago, Gary Demar announced that. Uh, Which I like, Gary Demar. Oh, well, I love Gary Demar as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced that uh, McDermott was, has had been relieved of his uh, position by unanimous vote. So I think it's because he went straight up woke. 
Mm. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> You're poet and don't know he it. With the Vogue, with Woke, you know? Um, yeah, so he was relieved of that. Um, he attempted, I think there was a one debate where he attempted to defend uh, like a Rush Dooney's theonomy in like a 2015 debate, or he tried to, held certain decision, but he got whooped by uh, Jordan Hall from uh, Pulpit and Pen. And I don't think he's ever recovered from that. <laughs> hmm. uh, so you mentioned, you, you mentioned, get an idea. You mentioned Rush Dooney? Yeah, um, so I guess it says, I was reading a little bit more on it. It says, after attempting to defend Rush Dooney's theonomy in a 2015 debate, McDermott immediately set about writing a book, The Bounce of Love, which abandoned the core theonomic, theonomic distinctives of theonomy. McDermott denies strict adherence to Mosaic penology for first and second table commands. It is worth noting that McDermott continues to use the term theonomy, but has redefined it beyond recognition, something noticed by most other theonomists. I've read Rushton, and he's really good. Yeah, well, yeah. McDermott took a different spin on it and tried to debate on his newfound theonomy or the way he... He probably misinterpreted Rush Dooney or he he, he was arguing against... Right, he was, right. So he was using a straw man argument. He was he was right. saying Rush Dooney was saying something Rush Dooney was not right. saying and then arguing against that. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, and again, he's gone within a period of just a few years. McDermott would go on to be a woke social justice advocate who would explicitly contradict his predecessors, including... Rush Dooney, Bonson, North, and that's Gary North, and even his predecessor in American Vision, Gary DeMar. I like Bonson, too. He's really oh, Bonson good. was amazing, yeah? Yeah. So, which um, is here, in a, in a consolatory post, DeMar explains that the donations to American Vision have fallen through the floor. I suspect the downturn coincides precisely with McDermott's abandonment of theonomy and embrace of progressivism. He writes, and then it explains what it was written. But it seems like he went a little bit social justice, progressive well, avenue. Some of that is fear. Some of that mm-hmm. is bribery. Some of that is blackmail. Some of that is just I don't want to be called racist. Some of that is I want to be relevant. I mean, right, there's right. a lot of different reasons sure. why that happened. Um, I seriously doubt... Um, the the major part of it is truly idea ideological. Sure, um, and that's what it kind of yeah sounds like, right? Right, but to, but to, once you get caught up in that crap, it's it's <coughs> it's a it's a downward spiral from there. Uh, he's going to be doing penance the rest of his life, trying to make up for all of the <laughs> white sins that he's committed. He's it wokeness of CRT or in wokeness. It's a different religion. Yeah. It's not much. Christianity and it's not compatible with Christianity. Yeah, right. And so anybody who's gone woke, what they've done is they've walked away from Christianity mm-hmm. and walked into a cult religion. And they, they would be really angry at me for saying that. Yeah. Because they would deny it. Yeah. But they can deny it all they want. The reality is they can live in their fantasy land all they want, but the reality is that's exactly what they have done. 
It's yeah. a cult religion all its own. It has its own religious sin, which is different than the original, original mm-hmm. sin in Christianity. It has its own form of salvation, which is different than the salvation in Christianity. Salvation, Christianity does not teach penance. Right. Only a false Christianity does. Right. True Christianity teaches repentance, mm-hmm. the forgiveness of sins through mm-hmm. the cross of Christ. Not a continuous penance over and over and over and over and over again for the sins of white fragility and white this and white that. Uh, No, that's garbage. That's not Christianity. That is garbage. And um, bring anybody to my door, I'll tell it to them in their face. (laughs) I don't care. I mean, we can talk about reparations. Like, that's a penance, you know, that. Right. So if that's the case. How come we don't read in Scripture that the Samaritans uh, were seeking reparations from the Jews because the Jews treated them like crap, right? They didn't like them, or, or the Gentiles in general, right? Right. There was they, they, then there should be some sort of reparations, huh? Right? Some penance right there. But uh, yeah. we don't read that in Scripture, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, let me ask you a question. So because a lot of people, obviously, if you don't understand what the issue the issue that was raised, you know, if you don't understand plagiarism, you don't understand misquoting someone. Now, is is this a thing where Christians should be, oh man, now Bodhi, oh my goodness, I know it's trouble now. Should we, does this bring up red flag? Or no. is this something that we just, this is a nothing, let it go, bro, and just continue to. This is a nothing burger. This yeah. is nothing. This is, this is uh, Bodhi's enemies trying to attack Bodhi. Uh, but they're not doing a very good job. It's, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, this is them nitpicking his book because they're angry at him and his book because they're the source of his attack, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so they're going to nitpick and try to find anything. They, it, I mean, that's the best they could do. Seriously, yeah. Uh, the whole book. That's the best they could do. And, I mean, as you said, there's only one page that we saw that was one highlighted, page, which tells me they don't have a. Argue against his book on substance. Oh, you can't, huh? Because you don't have any substance if you're in CRT. All you have is a lot of emotion. But you don't have any logic. Oh, wait, logic is a white man's thing. You can't have mm-hmm. logic. That's, that's just racist. Logic yeah. is racist, right? I mean, this is the, the, the depth of the uh, asinine silliness yeah. of their ideology. It's stupidity on steroids. Yeah. Okay? And this is what they're doing. This is the best they can do. They always go to ad hominem attacks. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing they know how to do. But they can't argue anything on substance. Give me on substance an argument against Bodhi's book. The, the, the thesis of his book. They can't. Right. They can't. <laughs> they don't have anything. They're bankrupt. Give it to me. Come on. Give it to me. They can't. So basically, go away and play in your your sand pile, little boy, because uh, this is the men's territory. Right? You want to play with the men, you got to come up to where the men are. You want to be a little boy and whine and moan and groan and cry and, oh, so-and-so said this. And probably they want to go play in your sand pile. Exactly. Get your big pail of bucket, your your plastic bucket, your plastic little plastic shovel, and go play in your sand pile with your (laughs) other little woke friends. 
And I was gonna say, I don't think I don't think they were expecting you know uh, a Vody to humble himself and respond the way he did. Okay, it's unclear. My mistake, and I regret that mistake. Well, you know, and it's like okay, moving along. <laughs> moving I, I, along. Except, that's good. Let me, let me move along. Right, right. But I don't. I don't think he needed to apologize for anything. I don't think so either. I, I'm with you. Uh, but the fact that he did, it shows you his servant heart. It shows you well, a brother to, that wants to get things right. It does, right. But, to, but, but here's the thing. They're going to try to use that against him. Well, of course. Of course. Well, Vody admitted it. Of course. That's the first that's thing I That's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to go, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. Guess what? I'm still buying Vody's yeah. next book. <laughs> I don't care. Right. <laughs> right? It's like it right. doesn't... Yeah, you know, he, he discourage me from not. He did reading. something wrong in your world. I look at I look yeah. at what you said. I look at what Vody said. He did nothing wrong in my world. Yeah, yeah. So forget you. Exactly. That's yeah. the way. But see, here's the thing: people people get scared. They the people will go along with this wokeness. Here's why: they don't want to get fired from their jobs. They don't want to get confronted by their bosses. They don't want to get confronted by their coworkers. They don't want to be isolated. They don't want to be shunned by their friends. They don't want to be isolated by their neighbors. They, they, they're not willing to, to sacrifice for truth. Mm. When Christ called his apostles, they had no clue what they were getting themselves into. Yeah, that's right. But at the, by the time he was done with them, mm-hmm. they were ready to go to war spiritual warfare against the powers of of darkness, okay? Um, Unfortunately, many people who call themselves Christians today, Mm -hmm. they want to go play in the the sand pile with, you know, in the the playpen with the woke people. Yeah. Uh, And they don't want to go to spiritual warfare against evil, evil in dark places. And wokeness is evil in dark places. I'm calling you out. Well, folks, I'm calling you out. Um, and you can say anything about me you want. You can accuse me of anything you want. I really don't give a rat's um, poopy behind, okay? Uh, because... You mean you're not feeling bad about your white privilege, bro? Oh, heck no. <laughs> I'm going to use it to my full advantage. <laughs> <laughs> You know why I do that? Say things like that? Because it makes them mad. Of course. Because it, it rubs them like sandpaper. It irritates them, you know? It irritates the heck out of them. So that's why I do it. I do it on purpose, just mm-hmm. to irritate them. Because uh, they need to be irritated. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be called out. That's right. Stop running around telling everybody you're, you're persecuted every time something doesn't go your way. <laughs> Guess right. what? That's life, folks. Life can be rough. You want to play with the big boys? You better grow up and start playing with the big boys. You better grow up and get some tough skin and just take what life life hands you and and deal with it. That's another you know? thing, bro. Yeah. When have we become such sissies? It's like they can, nobody can take anything. Yeah, and I'm talking evangelicalism. Everybody's become weak. To the point of just ceasingness left and right. Like, can't handle anything. Well, the globalists know this, and they're going to t- be able to take this and just shove anything they want down our throats. Oh, yeah. And we'll just, we'll just go, oh, I believe it. 
Oh, the WHO said it. Oh, it must be true. It must be CDC true, said it. it. Must be true. Yeah. Oh, I'll just do whatever you tell me, deep state, big government, globalism. I'll just do whatever you tell me because you know better than me. You would never mislead me. You'd never shoot poison into my arm. You'd never <laughs> lie to me. Oh, no, you're pure as a driven snow. Yeah. Does anybody really believe that about your government? You really believe that? If you do, you're dumber than I thought. <laughs> Good you know? stuff, my brother. Good stuff. I don't like this guy. He's too, he's too critical. <laughs> yep, I am. <laughs> yep. But see, I'm not guilty of doing the things that I'm criticizing my opponents of doing. There's the difference. Read Matthew 7 carefully. Yeah. I don't have a beam in my eye. I can see very clearly, brother, yeah. to, to judge righteously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what does uh, 1 Corinthians say? The, right, the, the, the spiritual man judges all, all things. things. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't know about that passage? <laughs> oh, that's right. You only know two verses, Matthew 7 and John 3, 16. <laughs> there's, there's a whole other world out there in that Bible, folks. You might as well just pick it up and start reading it. Most people own a Bible. They don't read it. It sits on the table it like sits, it does. Yep, yep. And we wonder why our society is going to hell in a handbasket. There's a reason. Right. Why are people accepting wokeness and just like, like it's really easy to get people to go woke? They don't know their Bibles. Yeah, they, they think you're becoming a super Christian, mate, yeah. falling onto a woke theology or a yeah. woke uh, well, mindset. They don't believe the Bible is, is necessitated, it's necessary. They don't, they don't believe it's given by inspiration of God, apparently, because they don't believe what it says. If they believe in wokeism, that's a completely different religion. Um, they don't believe that God that, that the Bible is necessary and um, and and is there for our admonition, for our, our strengthening. Our so you know, I can't find all the words I want to say, but basically, if they really believe the Bibles, if they believe it, believe that it was given by inspiration of God. And that it, it, it is the central thing that we need in our life to guide us spiritually. If they really believed that, it would be a lot harder to get, for people to get them to go woke. But yeah. most people are sheep. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to follow the crowd. And yeah. they're just going to do whatever the crowd says or whatever the people above them tell them to do. Good so stuff. Uh, we need to learn how to resist. We need to learn how to be Bereans. We need to learn how to do the right thing. I mean, we're the United States is in uh, peril right now for that same reason. Yeah, folks, you, you don't know it. You think you think everything opened up? Do you think everything is back to normal? Oh, we want to get back to normal. Oh, look, don't matter mask. Oh, we can do this. We can do that. Oh, we're back to normal. We're not back to normal. Are you kidding me? Get ready for shutdown 2.0. It's coming. It's coming soon. I know all the details. I, I, I'm about 70% done with... Uh, COVID-19, The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, mm. which, by the way, he's a Rothschild. 
which means he's one of the uh, uh, 13 families that uh, runs the banking system that rules the world. Mm, Sounds like a bunch of conspiracy to me. Well, you might want to pay attention to those conspiracies because uh, if you don't, you're just going to be a useful idiot doing whatever they want you to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm 70% through, through his book and fascinated by the things he's been saying because some of the things are playing out exactly the way he said they would and some of the things are playing out exactly the opposite of how he said they would. See, they, didn't, they couldn't predict the monkey wrench that was thrown into their plans <laughs> right. with a big T called Trump in his administration threw a huge monkey wrench into a lot of their plans. Yeah. Now, folks, they're not done. They're going to shut you down again. You thought getting the vaccine, the so-called vaccine, which is not a vaccine, it's mRNA, it's killing people in droves more than the so-called COVID-19 ever did, which, by the way... Everything was, there was no other disease ever existing in 2020 other than COVID, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doctors are coming out of the woodwork saying this whole thing is a, is a, a sham. Yeah. Right? And uh, those doctors are now being attacked. How much mm-hmm. time do we have, brother? You want to do the second <clears throat> with Fed Kyle's, or do, do we have some time? We got some time, so finish that segment, because then right, on the me, next one, we'll, we'll go into details on the other thing you wanted to talk about. But let's talk about the, uh, you know, the second wave that is coming, the, you know, pretty much get ready for more closures. Get ready for more shutdowns, because <clears> it, <throat> it doesn't matter if you've been poked with the lethal injection, uh, which they want to give you a third booster lethal inde- injection shot, um, because it's going to kill you. Because here's the problem. The virologists are predicting that when the flu comes around this year and the COVID comes around this year, because it comes around every year, it's what's going to kill a lot of people is the shots, because the shots are going to make you more susceptible to that flu and the COVID, and your body will overreact to it because your T cells are going to overreact to it. And this is a very simplified version of a very complicated biological explanation. They'll overreact to it, and the body will begin to attack itself in a similar fashion that cancer does. And they had a similar thing happen in the 1960s where a lot of kids died in the 1960s because the very same scenario occurred. And every time they've tried to do a vaccine for COVID from 1960 on up, it's had the same effect. The vaccinated have been more susceptible to the COVID than the unvaccinated. And this is a shock to people when they hear this. Yeah. Because people live in a bubble. They live in the MSNBC Fox News bubble. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Including Fox because they're, they're lying to you too. You think, uh, you think you watch the conservative station and you're getting the truth? Think again. They're all lying to you, folks. The Republicans are lying to you, and the Democrats are lying to you. Now I'm really making people angry. <laughs> there are deep state globalist Republicans, and there are deep state globalist Democrats. There, there's no difference between them. They're just playing two sides of the, of the same coin, and they're fooling you. Stop being fooled by these 
people who say one thing when they're getting elected and turn around and stab you in the back after they're elected. You know why they do that? Because they don't work for you. They work for the bankers. They work for the Fed. They work for the globalists. They work for Klaus Schwab, people like that. So stop being fooled by these people. You wonder why these Republicans aren't... Why, why are they having such problems in Arizona with these local Republicans that won't answer these subpoenas? Because they're working for the globalists. They're not working for you. You think just because they had an R behind their name, they were going to be pure as a driven snow? Think again. They're just as corrupt as the Democrats. Oh, boy, I just stirred it up, didn't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> you need to hear this, though. You need to stop burying your head in the sand and start hearing the truth. They're all corrupt. What you need to do is figure out who the, who the ones who cannot be corrupted are and vote for them. Trump could not be corrupted because he, he had everything he needed. They couldn't, they couldn't corrupt him with anything. You know why he didn't take a salary? He didn't want anything to do. He, he didn't want that dirty money hmm. when he was in the White House. He didn't want that used against him. He didn't want anything used against him. He wanted to be able to do the work that he came there to do. Well, let me just run through a few headlines real quick. <clears throat> Out of the Health Impact News. Father and military veteran dies after mandatory COVID shot as children continue to lose patient parents to COVID-19 shots. mm mm all right, let me go to number two. Federate, let me, I'll get it down here. Federation of State Medical Boards threatens doctors who speak out against COVID-19 vaccines. And a lot of doctors are going to uh, these uh, school board meetings and they're speaking out against these vaccines. They're saying, don't mask these kids and don't vaccine them. The vaccine's going to kill them. It's killing people, folks. It's killing people. We're going to lose... A, the, it, the prediction between now and the spring of 2022 by Dr. Judy Mekovich and being backed up by another doctor who said, yep, she's absolutely right. 50 million Americans dead by next summer. Why? Because they believed what the CDC was telling them. They believed what the World Health Organization was telling them. And they got poked with that shot. And it's going to kill them. And you know what they're going to try to tell you? Oh, it's the Delta variant that's doing it. It's not the Delta variant. They haven't even isolated the COVID-19. Okay? There was a case up in Alberta, Canada... A local guy got a $1,200 ticket for, I don't know, not wearing a mask or something. He challenged it in court. He says, I want, I want to subpoena the health officials in this, in this uh, province, and I want them to come in here and prove to me and this court that COVID-19, number one, exists, number two, that it caused a pandemic, and number three, that it's killing people. His court date was canceled. <laughs> Man. He said, no, 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 we're not doing that. So he calls up the court, he gets it re the court date reinstated, he goes in, he, he calls them on a procedural violation, the judge says, yep, they committed a procedural viola violation when they canceled your court date, 
he says, now I want that health official in here to, to prove this. The prosecutor said, Your Honor, they can't prove it. Oh, guess what? Alberta, Canada is starting, the Providence is starting to open up now. Mm. <clears throat> Folks, don't forget the depravity of man. And don't forget the corruption of those who are in high places. Don't forget the Neros of the world. Don't think that they're all pure as a driven snow. Dr. Cole, who is an expert in his field when it comes to infectious diseases, made this statement. This is a, talking about the COVID shots, he said, this is a poisonous attack on our population and it needs to stop now. Mm-hmm. But guess who wants to mandate, make it mandatory, folks? The Pentagon pulls the trigger, will order all troops to get COVID vaccine by September the 15th under threat of court martial. The same military that gave us the Nuremberg Code, all 10 principles of the Nuremberg Code after World War II, and convicted doctors and nurses and mil- German military of crimes against humanity because of the mm-hmm. concentration camps and experiment, medical <clears throat> experiments they were doing in those concentration camps and convicted them under Nuremberg Code mm. and executed them under the Nuremberg Code is now decided, that, that same military has now decided to violate <clears throat> the very same code that they convicted those Germans under and they're going to violate it. All 10 all 10 codes of the Nuremberg Code being violated by the military right now, by the Secretary of Defense that made this order. If you don't know what the Nuremberg Code is, folks, get on DuckDuckGo, look it up, and read it. And stop burying your head in the sand. You're about to go through the roughest winter of your life. You think we make these podcasts because it's we just have fun doing it? Well, we do have fun doing it, but th- I'm depressed over this. This is serious stuff. I am going to lose people, family members, and church members, and people I'm close to and I love because they believed the lies and they took this experimental lethal injection. It's going to maim them or kill them. And I'm going to be really, really angry at the government, at the globalists, and everybody else who was involved in this when it does. What are we going to do when 50% of our hospitals are wiped out because those nurses and those doctors were given the shot and it's killing them? What are we going to do when 50% of our military is wiped out because they decide to take the shot and it's killing them. What are we going to do when our police force is wiped out because they decided to take the shot and it's killing them? Yeah. Amen. Well, France is figuring it out. Two point, I think it was, the figure was like 2.1 million people rose up in France over the weekend and marched against vaccine passports. Mm, yeah. 
that, that that entire country is rising up against their government over that. Italy's rising up against it, swept by mass protests against COVID health passports. They're not taking it. Standard COVID protocol, treatment still killing patients in hospitals. When will the murder stop? In Israel, they had a mass, they had an influx into the hospitals. 99% of those patients that were hit with the so-called Delta variant were vaccinated. Hmm. It's not the Delta variant that's killing them, even that, if that even exists. It's the shot. The former Pfizer VP, Dr. Michael Yadin, warns childbearing age women do not accept these vaccines. Are you getting it, folks? Israel, Australia report 90 to 99% hospitalized are fully vaccinated. I mean, I could go on and on and on on this. I mean, it would take me hours to go into detail over these articles and over this information. Federation of State Medical Boards threatens doctors who speak out against COVID-19 because doctors are coming out in droves and saying, we're not doing it anymore. We're not going to lie to the people anymore. We're not going to play the bureaucrat, the, the, the medical bureaucrat game anymore. We're not going to do it. Yeah. So sorry for that, folks. So while I take care of this, uh, I'm going to get your response. I'm going to I'm going to take care of this call real quick. Sounds good, bro. So uh, anyway, I had a comment. I, I made me think of it. Go, go ahead. Brother. While you're thinking of that, yeah. I also, brother, you know, you were talking about some of the doctors that have been coming out of the woodwork now, kind of talking about coming out of the woods, saying, you know what, no. This is completely wrong. I think a lot more are coming out because I think within the first year or so, they were afraid. There was a recent interview uh, where conservative commentator uh, Candace Owens sat down with Dr. Drew. And that's the famous Dr. Drew Pinsky, whom, uh, you know, is known throughout the United States for and the world pretty much for his medical expertise in popular television shows. And then... Um, uh, he had plenty of thoughts to share on, on, I think it was last Tuesday or a week ago Tuesday, uh, episode that he took part in of Candace's uh, show. And uh, it started with uh, Candace, you know, making a comment saying, because uh, he wanted to ask him about COVID-19. And she said, I'm convinced it's more of a psychiatric disorder, she said. And then she asked, is it more of a virus or more of a psychiatric disorder <clears throat> to where... Dr. Drew responded, it is both. He replied in that interview. And then he says, when this thing, when this thing came on, the mental health component is what scared me the most. I was telling the press just to shut up because I could tell that they were going to create a panic. Yep. It's panic porn out there. Mm -hmm. That's how they attract eyes now. Yep. And then he says, they're clearly going for the same phenomenon with the Delta virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Dr. T uh, Dr. Drew con continued to say, which is a serious issue. Pandemics suck. It means X is death. They are terrible, but we've been through many of them. And we didn't close the whole world down because of them. 
I saw this coming and I just thought, oh my gosh, we cannot fashion what we're doing after the Chinese Communist Party. Dr. Pinsky lamented the number of challenges people around the world had had to endure alongside the pandemic itself. He says, they locked us down, isolation, mental health, depression, anxiety, 93,000 overdose deaths, alcohol up, it's all bad. He went on to state that many doctors he knew became scared to death, that they would lose their jobs for making the wrong care prescription, choosing instead to cede their decision-making to bureaucrats, to the FDA, to the CDC. Uh, Owens then she described a personal case where she had gone to an uh, asthma clinic to um, to get remedy uh, for her asthma. I guess she has asthma. Uh, she had a, a, an asthma attack, I think, that day. So she went in and was given a nebulizer outside of the clinic by her paramedic after the doctor she was seeing said he couldn't do it inside out of fear for violating CDC guidance. Outside, go around the back. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. And uh, <clears throat> Dr. Drew responded, "That is ceding our responsibility to bureaucrats. It's stunning. It's disgusting." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then he says, "Bureaucrats, by the way, who are intentionally either intentionally deceiving us, uh-huh. or they're total idiots and they don't know what they're talking about." Yeah, there's your only two choices. Mm-hmm. And then he he ends by saying, "Here's the deal." We as physicians do bad blank stuff, the bad word, to people to prevent worse stuff. And then he says, our first ethical responsibility is to give you informed consent to tell you all the data. If we don't have access to all the data, we've got to tell you that. And then that's how he ended it. But he even says, it's it's a pandemic. People just lost their minds. It became a mental thing to where people were afraid. And he said in his medical field, I think I even heard him say, not just doctors, was everybody in the medical field was afraid that if you stood up or said mm-hmm. something else that wasn't within the guidelines, mm-hmm. that you were going to lose your job. And right. nobody wanted to lose your job. And they job. are losing their job. And they are losing their job. Mm-hmm. When they do stand up. Yep. When anybody who tells you the truth, folks, they're going to be targeted. Yep. Yep, that is for sure. And it, the first bioweapon was the COVID. Oh, yeah. We know now it came out of a lab. The mm-hmm. whole, the whole, what was it, the monkey thing or the soup, turtle soup thing, whatever they said it was originally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the whole, uh, the bat, it was a bat, the bat soup. That's it what was it was. It was the bat soup. That's right. It was the Right? Remember? It was Batman. It's, it's, it was Batman. <laughs> it was Batman. It was, he had he had that that, that uh, car that had like the jet engine on it. You know that's what caused it. Anyway, <laughs> it the Batmobile. Yeah. Anyway, no, we some of us knew that was garbage from the very beginning. All yeah. right, and um, but it takes a while for everybody else to catch up. So, um, but yeah, we know now it was the first bioweapon. Yeah. But that one's not the one that would kill everybody that's the one that would get everybody's attention that's the one that would have psychological effect just like you were talking about Mm -hmm. the real bioweapon that they psychologically convinced everyone was going to save them Mm -hmm. is the COVID injections oh yeah Pfizer Moderna Johnson Johnson, 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 AstraZeneca Uh those are the real bioweapons 
Thank you, China, who, by the way, has infiltrated this country so heavily. They've infiltrated the FBI. They've infiltrated the CIA. They've infiltrated the White House. They have infiltrated Congress. They have infiltrated our universities with 100,000 students, 50% according to the the Chinese spy that recently defected during the Trump administration, said 50% of the Chinese students here in the United States are operatives. They want to take this country down. Yeah. So why do they want to make vaccines mandatory for the military? They don't want a strong military to fight them when they come rolling in here. <laughs> They're smart. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, I mean, but people are so, it's amazing. I still see people driving around with masks on and they're in the car by themselves. Yeah. Nobody's in the car with them and they're driving around with a mask on. That's the best one. We were at the zoo yesterday and thank the Lord, most of the people didn't have a mask. Mm. But a, a large number, you know, percentage, probably 30, 40% did. Yeah. Well, the looks that they were giving the rest of us of course. They were, they were so, they're so psychologically uh, totally gone. I mean, they believe this stuff. They believe that COVID is going to kill them. They believe that the unvaccinated are, are mean, evil, bad people because they're going to kill other people in society. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't think past their nose. Well, the yeah. vaccine's so great and it works. Why are you worried about people who aren't vaccinated? You're protected. Yeah. Did you, talking about that, the vaccination itself, the vaccination passport, I think there was a video recently that came out. Was it friends that you see police on the streets going up, up, up to people asking them for their vaccination uh, passport? That or, wouldn't surprise me it wasn't friends. Yeah, I think it was France. I think it was France. Australia's gotten really bad about that. UK's really bad about that right now. France. They're rising up in France. Did you see that protest in France? I did. Yeah. They took that city over. Yeah. Yeah. There was over 2 million people in the streets protesting. Yep. Yep. That's unreal. It's been crazy. It's been. And I I was talking to my wife, and I was, you know, I was telling her, you know what? Yes, we don't deny the fact there there was a COVID nineteen. As a matter of fact, the flu has COVID. Every single flu had COVID. Wherever you see it, wherever it was in history, it's always had COVID in it. But although COVID was panic and fear to the world, to the evangelical world, I see it as a blessing. And I know people are going to be like, "What? This guy's crazy. The beef is nuts. What is he talking about?" This is why I see it as a blessing. Why? Because during these last 18 months, brother, we have seen false churches exposed, bath theology exposed, mm-hmm. false teachers exposed. Mm-hmm. That's in the church. Mm-hmm. And things that to the world might seem like craziness, panic, to the Christian, it should be, oh, look, the Lord is exposing all these things within the mm-hmm. church that should mm-hmm. do not belong in the church. Right. And to me, that's, as a Christian, I, that's the hope. That was the blessing. That was the trusting in the Lord that he's going to do his work whichever way, through a pandemic. 
but mm-hmm. it's all for the church. Right? That's the way I see it, my brother. God is using this to his purpose. Amen. And there's no doubt about that. No matter what happens. Yeah. No, no matter how this scenario plays out. It, plays out. Mm-hmm. it could be the de-evolution they're talking about, where Trump is really behind the scenes uh, planning to retake the country from this insurgency that took over the White House, that this is an enemy com- yeah, combatant yeah. and all this. Or if China ends up owning the country, whichever way it goes, and when I say China, I really mean the globalist. Because there's a lot of people in China that don't like their own government. They're fighting against their own government. Yeah, right. But whichever way it goes, it's all God's purpose, all God's will. I'll live according to whatever the Lord wants. And we're just about exposing truth here. Amen. That's right. And, um, you know, I, they want to put me in an internment camp? Okay, I don't care. So. The prison was good enough for Paul. The Apostle Paul is good enough for me. Amen. You know? Yep, yep. I mean, I'm serious. And and uh, we need to stop being fearful. Amen. Why, true. what can man do unto us right. when we have Christ? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Be encouraged, folks. Be encouraged. As Christians, man, stand up. Stand up for the truth. You know, uh, Go to the Word of God, and if you can't get clear understanding, you know, go to your elders, your pastors, brothers that are spiritually wise, and 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 they they have discernment because they'll help you walk, you know, through what Scripture teaches us. And you know, um, before anybody comes out screaming Romans thirteen, Romans thirteen, guess what? You gotta, you know, obey the government, obey the government. Remember. We don't obey when they're causing you to sin. Well, I'm not real happy with a lot of pastors either, but I mean... Well, yeah, that's true, for there's, sure. There's too many pastors that are telling their congregations to go get the, the injection. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and that's right. We just recently saw that, that there's more pastors coming out saying that, yeah. pushing that. Those pastors need to shut their mouths when it comes to that. They're, they're not medical professionals. They don't yep. know what they're talking about. Yep. And take that to, to, to heart, brothers, and you know those that are listening... If your pastor comes out telling you, go take that vaccine, schedule a meeting with your pastor and tell him, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> unless you have a, a, a. I would say schedule a meeting with your pastor <clears throat> and explain to your pastor what they apparently don't understand. And that was going to be and my that, next point. Where in scripture you know, are you pulling this? You know, uh, where's the support for scripture that you tell well, them? Well, they'll, they'll tell you, well, it's uh, to, to love your neighbor. The, the go-to right. is love your right. neighbor. Okay, if I'm going to love my neighbor, then I'm going to tell them not to take the shot because the shot's going to kill them. Right. And then sit back and, and wait for your pastor's response when, when he's in shock. Yeah. And going, well, what do you mean the shot's going to kill them? And you look at him straight in the eye and you go, the shot's going to kill them. We're going to lose... The prediction by certain scientists who are experts in the field mm-hmm. are telling us that we're going to lose 50 million Americans over this period, this winter period because they took the shot. You want to lose 50 or 60 percent of your congregation? You want to murder them? Keep telling them to take the shot. Yeah. It's going to kill them. Right. That's how you do that. That. And uh, and then get and then send him to the right 
you know, show them the videos, show yeah. them the, the articles, show them the papers, show them, go to the CDC website. The CDC website has a lot of this information on mm-hmm. it. Tell them you need to do your research. You know, if you want, you want to love your neighbor, tell them the truth, not the government line. Amen. So you pastors better wake up. I'm tired of a lot of you pastors that think you're doing the right thing and loving your neighbor when all you're doing is sending them down the road to a a quick death. What are you going to do when their family members come up and go, why did you recommend the shot? It killed my wife. It killed my son. It killed my dad. Why did you recommend it? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when it's your family members are dying when you recommend it to them to take the shot? And you realize, come to that point where you realize, I just killed my son. I just killed my wife. Why did I do what I did? Hmm. Because you didn't research. <clears throat> you just believed whatever the government told you. Why kind of pastor with the history given of church and government, believes whatever the government tells them without questioning it. This is a unique time in history, I, tell, I gotta tell you, brother. We are, brother. Yeah, That's I, right. <clears throat> we're, gonna, we're gonna stay here, folks. We're gonna continue making this podcast. Um, we're gonna walk you through this as we go through this time because you're about to go through the hardest time you've ever had in your life over the next six to eight months. We're going to be here for you. We're going to make these every week, these podcasts, and we're going to continue to walk you through it. And when devastation hits, we'll take you into the Psalms when David was lamenting. We'll take you into the Scriptures and we'll provide whatever comfort we can. But we're loving you by telling you the truth. We're loving you by warning you and saying, you make your own choice, but make an informed choice. That's right. And don't believe everything the government's telling you. Open up the insert to the vaccine. You know what's in there? (laughs) It's a blank page. You know why? Because it's not approved. The FDA has never approved this vaccine because it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental drug. And I'll tell you what, pushing it on people is is worse than a drug dealer pushing uh, crystal meth onto a, a drug addict. At least crystal meth will take a, take a period of time before it kills them. People are dying from this injection within a week of taking it. There's story after story after story and these family members are coming out and saying this this vaccine killed my family member and they're being censored and they're being shut down and they're being told to shut up and their Facebook pages are being eliminated. They're getting kicked off of YouTube. They're getting kicked out of Twitter. And they don't have a voice. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't know about it. Yep. And you think the wonderful people in the news media are going to tell you the truth? No, they're going to lie through their teeth 
Better wake up, folks. Yep. Time to yep. wake up. Yep. Because we don't want to lose 50 million people. Then we don't want to up that to 100 million. Not only that, folks, the numbers have not changed. 99% survival rate of this. Of this 99% survival rate of COVID. That has but 99% of the people in the hospital with the so-called Delta virus are vaccinated. <laughs> Do you really think it's, it's, it's this so-called Delta virus that's putting them in the hospital? Come on now. Yeah. It's the vaccine. mRNA. Read about it. Study it. Learn about it. There are four lipids that go into getting that mRNA into your system. And they did an autopsy, brother, in Israel, the, the first one. Mm-hmm. Since six months, they've been giving this stupid shot. And guess what they found? They found spike proteins in every single uh, organ in his body, and he was fully vaccinated. Right. You don't think they're not trying to depopulate you folks you don't think they're you think this depopulation by the the globalists is a conspiracy myth come back and see me in about six to eight months it won't be a conspiracy myth anymore they want to kill you and they're using two bioweapons to do it you better wake up folks we gotta wake up and stop being being ignorant I'm going to leave it there, brother. That's it, brother. That's all we got. So, other than that, close us out, my brother. Wow. Uh, I kind of like to leave on a more positive note. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? But sometimes. It's kind of hard to do, right? It's hard to do sometimes, brother. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because we got we do got to face this reality. All right, folks. Uh, we, we care about you. That's why we're telling you this. And Remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, I wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives, that uh, they uh, put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well, and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have, that we continue to be encouraged about. I want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. 